Hey, it's V, back from square one. Regulated, life is still upside down. And as I've been experimenting through conventional and unconventional mental health, I'm reporting back. This time, with good news. Ready to rock, drop, and roll, <laughs> so don't get burnt. The divorce, the jail, the affairs, and my attempt to swing, I mean sing. Our lives will always be on fire, so why not raise the real rays and break the matrix? Maybe this is how it starts, as we unfuck ourselves. Let's find a way out. They don't care about you, so stop giving a fuck about them. You uh, find yourself in a relationship with a, at 13 with a 16-year-old that lasted seven years. Um, and then eventually you move on to someone and you get married. And yes. I know, unfortunately, this person has passed. How was that story for you? Um, it was um, good, I guess. Um, you know, I thought he was going to save me from the already relationship that I was in, you know. Um, but he still struggled with his own demons. He was fresh out of, um, well, he had been out of Iraq for, well, out of the Marines now for um, four or five years, but not dealt with none of, not dealt with any of that pain. Um, he, um, but anyway, whenever I moved, I moved to Michigan. So I left Kentucky um, and I moved to Michigan and that's where he was. So then, um, you know, everything was good for a minute. Um, I kind of struggled. Um, I had been so ad against drugs and against all of this stuff. Um, I mean, I was at the dealer's house screaming and hollering, honking the horn. I didn't give a shit about respecting none of that. You know, I was crazy. But um, then whenever I got with him, he just took pain pills. So I'm like, oh, well, that's not, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, so then like I started taking them um, to some degree. I really didn't. Um, get not really I mean because granted I got pregnant um and you know he was supposed to stop too but I mean I did so my you know that saved me um I got pregnant with my firstborn and everything of course but anyway um I was good uh, for a while I was still trying to convince myself everything was okay though um then his um addiction had then though went to heroin and he was on heroin whenever my firstborn was you know born which that's a whole nother ball game that um but I'm still trying to you know play the part like I've got it it's okay it's okay because like I'm telling myself I guess because it has to be okay like I don't know um shortly after though we had our firstborn um he got clean um he like stopped smoking cigarettes he stopped you know like he really done the work but he never addressed the pain um because then once the addiction was gone um I become the addiction I become the person that was supposed to fix his pain and because that's what I've been done doing my entire life is fixing people's pain that become what um I done for a long time and I had didn't realize um I had ran from myself my kids it wasn't just like him um or it wasn't just like me that I was neglecting I was neglecting my kids because I couldn't show up for them emotionally or whenever I'm too worried about what the hell like him gonna be mad at me because I'm talking to someone or him's gonna be mad about um you know whatever it is but he um um then so anyway we had four kids we did move back to Kentucky uh after three um 
and just to give an idea of the survival mode, I wasn't even on drugs. And my third child, I have no recollection of his birth. Like, you know, you think, you know, that should be something you remember, but I don't, I don't not, cannot remember nothing about it because I had had two kids and I was still trying to convince myself I would be able to figure this out. I was about, I graduated with my bachelor's degree and I thought, okay, well, I can still figure this out. And then I look up daycare prices and I'm like, holy shit. And then I'm like, oh goodness. And then I get pregnant with my third kid. And that's what he wanted me to be pregnant with my third kid. And I guess, you know, I held a lot of resentment um, that whole pregnancy. I was mad in hell because, you know, here I am, felt like that, you know, I am trapped. I'm now pregnant with my third kid living in Michigan away from everyone that I know. I have no one. Um, and I don't mean just like not, no, like I don't have no, yeah, no support name. system. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, besides him. So of course, whenever all my love and all, everything is coming from him, of course, I'm going to feed into that to try to get more. But whenever someone's stuck in their own pain, it's just a losing battle constantly. And it, and it was, it was, we moved to Kentucky after his mom passed. Um, I got, I was pregnant with my fourth now at this time. And um, it was a girl. I had three boys and she was the the baby was a girl and um we moved back here and I um I don't really remember I can remember Alexis's birth but as far as in like much of their child like I don't I don't remember much of anything um he um but then November 20th 2019 he left for work and um, I knew immediately that uh, something was wrong um I called I called dispatch and I said, ask them, was they a wreck? They told me that they were, they told me that there was, um, that they might could get me to the scene. They would have somebody contact me, but I could tell by the crack in her voice that he was gone. And I ran to my mom's and I told my mom, I was like, mom, Justin's dead. And she was like, Kenner, he's not, he's too mean to be dead. You know, no, you know, she's still <laughs> trying, she's still trying to, you know, smooth it over. But I knew like every part of me knew that he was gone. And, um, the cops come and shortly after that and told me that, um, yep, that he, that he was killed instantly. Somebody crossed into his middle lane going around a curve and killed him instantly. And, um, and at that time, you know, people tells you all kinds of things like, well, at least he didn't suffer, which yes, you're grateful for, but that doesn't help you move through your pain. You know, it makes you, I know it makes you feel like you should just be thankful. Oh, oh, yay. Like, you can't think about that that at that time you're but like losing him really forced me to face myself for the first time you know I he was a band-aid I mean he was like I love him more now than I ever did ever than I ever did because that I can connect you know that with him like for so long there was so much resentment that you don't even realize that there is like you're just stuck in this constant hamster wheel of trying to receive love trying to do what you can trying to maintain you know be there for the kids it's it's exhausting and then something happens like this tragedy and it should have been you know like ideally you would think oh well you just have to deal with it but whenever you don't have those coping skills to deal with nothing I mean hell I was cutting myself because my boyfriend left me you know years ago and now I'm you know he this happens and I would but I knew that I had to be there for my kid, kids. So that kept me hanging on. But for a long, people want to think, oh, well, I read a quote that said, um, 
our kids don't need us to die for them. Our kids need us to live. And I was like, yeah, we, cause so many parents will say, oh my, you know, I would die for my kids. And then it's like, but will you live? That's the hard part. That's the hard part. Getting up every day and putting in all that effort to work through all of those emotions that nobody wants to deal with. Nobody wants to feel that shit. Nobody does. And I was lucky in the sense that that tragedy woke me back up to feelings that I didn't even know that was there because losing him, I forced my, it's, you have to grieve. I mean, you had to, but looking into grief and something had said, um, you only heal what you can feel like a grief something because it's telling you you know so if you look at their picture instead of turn away or a song reminds you of them and you let it play instead of turning it off let it play get those feelings out and I was like oh shit I've been doing that my whole life you know I've been running from yeah I and you know you don't realize so then then I really started getting through all of my like my ADHD symptoms I mean granted two years after his passing I mean it takes time but I started realizing that every time that I was avoiding something, there was some uncomfortable feeling that I was avoiding. So like I've really forced myself to feel like I stopped drinking pop because I'm like, do I want to feel better or do I want to heal? <laughs> and I stopped and I dealt with that like uncomfortable feeling of like, that's what most of us have wants to avoid. We don't even realize that that's what we're running from is our damn self and our feelings. We don't realize that until something hits us and I could have been pissed off and mad like oh at the person that killed him or I could have been all of this but essentially that does nothing but try to make me feel better in the moment like to protect me from feeling that little pain that's under there and yeah it's <laughs> but I, I have a question for you what made you realize that you were his new addiction I, I find that very fascinating very interesting because I've never heard uh, of anyone admitting or realizing or coming across that notion um it was you know later on now at the time of course I never did um but I realized that with pain there's always something that we're trying to cover up so whenever he was using me or whenever he was thinking that or you know whenever so say whenever he's in pain and I become the new drug that needs to cover it up um it's hard to like at the time of course you don't know it because you're just so just doing whatever because that's just what I always done was try to fix it and it took I don't know probably two years ago a lot of writing to really um for me to really understand that instead of being all upset at him like how could he do this how could he keep me from you know this life that I wanted or how could he make me distance myself from everyone or you know there was just so much blame that I would had to go through with trying to blame him but then I realized that underneath it all was just pain and I become the same thing that he was to me he was also my band-aid he was my addiction because he I expected him to fix me and he expected me to fix him and it was a constant cycle of hell I mean it just you can't like we ex when as soon as we expect anything outside of ourselves to fix us then we're just setting ourselves up to be disappointed I mean like this uh, but I had to go through the pain you know when it's very hard for people that unless you're faced with this pain you don't even really realize that like like that what you're running from or what you're avoiding you don't it's just crazy it's just it is it's crazy it is 
it's really hard and I can imagine. So you lose your husband and now you are a mother of four, a single mother of four. Mm-hmm. What was, how has that journey been for you now? Um, well, at first, um, it was, oh, I don't even think you like can remember. I remember walking through the, um, going downstairs, picking out a coffin and thinking this is not supposed to be like this. There's no way. Um, I remember um, my kids' handprints on their father's casket. And like, it's like shit like that, that like is hard to get through. Um, my, my second son had asked me, um, he wanted to take daddy's place. He wanted to bring daddy back for, so daddy could be there with for me. And I was like, oh God, you know, like, just that intense urge as all children just want to help you know they just want to you know be there for their parents in order to you know do anything that they can in order for their parents to be better because ultimately they their survival is dependent on us I mean it only makes sense that that's what they would do but um it's been a lot but I really didn't realize the pain or that like me running from my grief and all this up until like a year and I was standing against my door not wanting to go out into the into my house because the kids and their emotions and you know just them just being kids I mean four kids is a lot and it's exhausting and I never gave myself credit like hey this is a lot um but I just always thought it was me and then um Jordan he had told me that um the kids don't see you how you see you. And I knew like, you know, they wasn't expecting me to save the day. They wasn't, they just needed me. They just needed my presence. They just, and then I started to realize that this is what I have been needed my entire life was just my parents. And I seen the pain in my kids and it wasn't, we can say, oh, well, of course they have pain. They've lost their father, but the pain isn't what happens. The life circumstances, the pain is the fact that they're alone in it that they're stuck in this pain without no way to get it out. And I knew from my own journey that that had to be my job. I had to heal in order to help them heal. And it's crazy the amount of like, it's just really beautiful that the transformation that I've been able to see in them because in yourself you don't really notice you don't really notice until like a year goes by and you're handling things a little different and you know, you kind of start to realize But then whenever I see my kids, like, and how emotionally strong and how, like, it's just really, because they wasn't, they, they couldn't deal with anything either. They wasn't provided the coping skills, you know, from a young age. So I'm now working to repair all this damage that, you know, like I have caused them to do. My 11 year old, he told me, or my 10 year old, he said, mommy, um, sometimes whenever I go to cry, there's this feeling that I want to hold on you know, like, don't let, and I was like, that was mommy. Mommy made you feel like that crying made you weak, but maybe it doesn't. And like, it's amazing the transformation that like, once kids can feel that safe, that safe place to just like, like my son, he lost his rooster a while back and he like come to me and he just fell in my arms. And it, like these are painful things that I can see the beauty in because like just to be able to support him through that in a time that I'd be like, Oh hell, we'll get another rooster. It's okay. It's all right, buddy. Don't you worry. You know, we'll fix another pet. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, like, you know, you get a goldfish and then, you know, you replace it because, oh, we don't want to hurt their kids' feelings. But see, I'm all about hurting my kids' feelings. I know it sounds terrible, but I'm also all about supporting them through those feelings. And I think that that's where most of us were big adults and we can't, we don't understand our feelings because we haven't had the chance to experience them. So are you bullying your children? (laughs) No, (laughs) no. But we go to the doctor and Brayden is like, um, my mom just wants to talk about feelings all the time. I'm like, <laughs> okay, Brayden. Okay. Okay, buddy. But he, he would tell Jordan that I was dating. He said, Jordan, mom, she'll spring feelings on you all the time. And he's like, oh, I know, mom. Or he's like, I know, buddy. I know. So yeah, like I do that. I do that to people. Like I go to the store and like, I, I know that they just need a safe place to get out. And so like, I really get joy and seeing other people find that place because you don't know how strong you are until you let yourself be that weakness until you let yourself feel that shitty parts that we would just want to avoid we don't really realize hey face this stuff and then you can stop running from it and like that's what I've like from a lifetime of just running from my pain just trying to hide it um it was really looking at my kids and knowing, Hey, something has to change. You have to, you have to figure this out. And it doesn't just, it's nothing quick. It's nothing. Like I wrote hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of just feelings. And it don't make sense at all. You know, at first it's blaming everything and everyone, you know, the world is out to get me. It was all the world, but eventually you realize these patterns are repeating. There's more to this. It's not just, I can't sit here and blame the world forever. I can't blame, you know, his death, why my kids are sad, why we're sad. Uh, I couldn't, I mean, I mean, sure, I guess I'd have every reason to be tore up and neat, but eventually you have to realize that you have to pick this shit up and, and it's not about just letting go. Like I could literally love him more now than I ever have. And my biggest regret is not healing whenever he was alive, even if that meant pushing him away. Even if that, because that was the only chance and just how it happened is just kind of, it had to, it had, I mean, it's just, you know, at the time people saying everything happens for a reason, oh, that shit doesn't work. But, you know, I honestly realized that, you know, like I would, we, neither one of us would have been strong enough to walk away and our kids, they needed it. I mean, they, I wouldn't have strong enough to give them the coping skills that they needed or, you know, neither one of us would have like what had to happen I mean it just had to and it just sucks and every part of it but like I can just look at it from a new light like I can instead of staying stuck in that pain that I feel like that you know so many generations back and all that yeah it's fun so if you had to prescribe someone a coping journey something that you learned how something that took you from a through z what would have been what was it for you Um, It was more um, setting with that stuff, like more meditating, but we think of meditation as, um, oh, we need to stop our mind. And then we suddenly think that we suck at it because we realize we can't stop our mind. But that's where, that's the whole point. It's distancing ourselves from those feelings and distancing ourselves from those thoughts. So we can see that we aren't either one of them. And I think for so long, that's what I would just do is get wrapped up in the way that I felt about, um, myself become who I was like so I had to find that place to feel but going back to it would really just be 
meditation and journaling is like whenever something hurts us, our first instincts often is to react and blame them. They shouldn't have done this. And we really give our power away because then we're putting it in their hands. Then it's their job now to make us better or it's their place to fix it. Oh, like he took my toy and now I'm going to be upset until I get that toy back. But really it's about just being able to understand that and grow from each experience. And I think with journaling, you're able to see where your mind takes you as opposed to just being upset because that life isn't going your way. Like, because pretty much it's just life. We cannot, you know, change the reality. We can try to convince ourselves different and lie to ourselves, but journaling and meditation, you really have to set with those uncomfortableness. And um, every day it's like a new feel, like we think, oh, well, we just go through this healing journey and it's just over. No, no. Once you start letting yourself feel stuff, that's whenever it starts. Like that's whenever, you know, so I've been doing this now for like the past two years, letting myself feel everything as opposed to running, avoiding and blaming. And that's why now I'm at the spot that I'm at that I can. I mean, I say two years ago, I was in my shower with clothes on because somebody was knocking on my door and I was too tore up to answer it. So you know, because it was, I was overwhelmed. It was no one. It was a lady down the street. It was nothing. It was like the cops would come and I would freeze. Everybody'd freeze. I was like, oh shit, you know. But that was just this thing that you have in your head that, you know, you're guilty no matter what, you're in trouble, something, you know, like, and it's crazy now that I can just be like out and like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't bother me that people like, like some of my friends will be like worried about somebody going by and I'm like, why like it like but I realized because I mean I was that same way I was so tore up about what other people thought and about what oh we just let that all define us until we sit with that stuff and be like if somebody has something like and I try to tell my kids that it never makes you look better by picking on somebody that is weaker and I realize that so many like we go to people expecting love and people that can't even love themselves and it really damages us. But like, if we have that expectation of knowing, well, if they couldn't be there to support us, it's because they're not supporting themselves. It kind of relieves the, us of feeling worthless based upon their, their approval. And like, there's just been so many like deep insights and in all this that I've gained just from setting, just from setting with it, like rather than trying to, eat it away I used to eat a cake a night like because I was just like addicted to sugar you know anything anything to make me feel better anything and yeah so you know not everybody has the strength that you have a lot of times and I can tell you myself can embrace the pain but sometimes we get so addicted and to that high of victimizing ourselves because that can lead to either victimizing yourself or becoming your own superhero how do you keep yourself on the right track to move from that survival cycling of embracing your emotions and stop stopping uh, and no longer feeling sorry for yourself to really growing um it's really just setting with that truth asking yourself those uncomfortable feelings because we realize that a lot of the stories that we tell ourselves, we're telling ourselves to make ourselves feel better. They're not right. telling us 
we're not telling them to get us to the next point. We're telling ourselves to feel better. Just like most of everything that we do, we do to make ourselves feel better. It's not about healing for most of us, but we don't really realize that that's where we're at. We just realize, oh, well, I can blame him. And then that relieves me from my becoming accountable of my own. And so really it is just about sitting with it and really honoring your truth. But most of us, we all want a quick fix. That's just what we want. But there is no quick fixes in like healing. It's more just the more honest that you can, like I would catch myself being in the same patterns over and over. Same thing with like loving an addict again. I would find myself and I could sit here and beat myself up and say, say, you know better, you know better. It's like, no, but I can learn. The more that I can become present, the more that I can experience and the more that I learn. And that was really how I was able to get out of being in that um, relationship where just striving to be with an addict or well striving to fix them you know like um, it was more about this is on me I can't keep blaming them forever it's just not I mean because eventually I was just seeing the same patterns repeat themselves so once you can wake yourself up to those patterns admit them to yourself I mean even recording I would record myself you know hearing yourself just talk. We think that we need to talk to someone. A lot of times it's just talk to yourself. You're the only one that needs to hear some of your stuff. Like you just need to hear that. And then you can see the truth before from the bullshit. You can start to say, okay, you know, is that really what I'm doing? Or am I doing that because that, you know, I expect this from him. And then we can start to, you know, separate the truth from what we're doing just to feel better. And it was going after the truth rather than just the comfort because I mean I believe my own lies forever those comfortable lies hell they keep you comfort comfortable but they also keep you stuck and that's what happened I love it because it's true everything you have said is true we have to hold ourselves accountable we have to find the common denominator in our problems and that's actually not it's just the start of our own journey of healing you know because we don't know what it looks to be healthy I oh, am now, yeah, there's, you can see, all right, I see these patterns in me, I see that they're com- continuously mm-hmm. repeating, I know that I no longer want to be like this, because this is what I'm leading, and I no longer want this, but you don't know what it is to be in, in the right sense of mind, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to ask you, because I'm also still in that path, have you... I mean, are you ready or do you feel like you have the tools to no longer date an addict? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yep. We're um, like I've separated completely. Like it's been like a year that I've uh, been. I finally realized that I was loving him in the beginning for the first year, Um, which he opened my feelings back up. You know, I lost my husband. I got with him and I was like, oh shit, this is good. You know, I could feel those feelings happen again. So he really saved me. He saved me from, because in a year following his death, I was really still trying to run, trying to avoid shopping, other people's drama. And he showed me love whenever I couldn't love myself. And, um, but he was also on his own pain in his stuck in his own pain. His addiction was just starting. Um, I was supporting his addiction. I was uh, doing all this stuff to try to make him better because, you know, I was dependent on him to make me feel better. So it was just once I realized that I was loving him more out of fear as opposed to uh, loving him to love him and um, loving him to love him looked a lot different. It meant actually doing what was best for him. So if that meant me pushing him away 
or not supporting his ignorance, not supporting, not giving him a ride, not lending him money, all of those things I had to gradually realize, am I doing this for love or to fear? Am I trying to keep him happy? Because if I'm trying to keep him happy, then that's not helping either one of us. That's just making me believe another one of my uncomfortable lies, you know, one of those comfortable lies, I guess. But, um, um, so then the last year or a year ago, I told him that I do love him now for him. I do, I will do what's best for him. And it was hard to do that and him push you away and, you know, him, you know, I'd be left with myself again and all this, but like, it really comes strength in just being able to, um, learn to love yourself and him at the same time. Like I can love him, but that doesn't mean that I sacrifice myself because like I can love myself too now. Like I have to honor my feelings. And if he's stomping all over them, unbeknownst to him, I mean, granted, I mean, but it's my responsibility to get myself out of it. It's my place to, if something is hurting me, then it, because I mean, I liked, I mean, I can transform pain, but whenever it is something that is repeatedly, I'm putting myself in a position, I can't blame anybody but me. I'm the one that has to get myself out. So even though every part of me wanted to let him back in, wanted to, it is so hard just to let go. And I like had to spend a minute just crying, just knowing that this is it. I can't, I can't because like, I'm not helping him or me. And I know he will be great. He will. And I love him ridiculous amount, but it all. Who's him? Who's him? Jordan. Are you talking about? Okay. No, well, you don't have Jordan. to give me names. What I meant is, are you talking about your late husband or are you talking about somebody new? The new, the new one that I was um, okay. with for the, like the last, I don't know, two years, but like the last year he hasn't even hardly been here, but it's been a lot of um, healing. That's where, you know, I cared enough about him to stay my ass at home and work through my stuff, you know, rather than running off to another relationship, you know, finding something to fill that void. It was setting with my ass and I'm being like, okay, you know, this ends, this has to. And you don't know that at the time. It's very scary. No mm -hmm. one tells you like, okay, yes, you're doing good. You don't know. You just know that you feel bad and that's okay. And you just sit with it like for a while. And he kind of forced it to me too, because I mean, he would just ignore me because he was stuck in his own guilt and all the shame and everything. But and I would start by writing him letters, you know, all of this, like all the ways that he was hurting me, he was doing this. And I'm like, this is where my attention, this is where my energy is all going on him. So I'm expecting him to fix me, but he can't fix me whenever he can't even fix himself. So, okay, we have to reevaluate and realize, okay, so it's once again, this is on me. And it just, and now like finally I'm in this situation where I can actually just love people where they are not have to try to fix them or save them or you know I can try to plant those seeds in order for them to grow and water themselves like I don't have to water the whole damn garden I don't have to plant it and sow it and all you know do all that stuff I can just plant the seeds and be thankful that it's their own choice whether or not they grow or not and yeah it's hard it's hard but it's just life what it will is. life will test you on and on and on until you get it and I see it with me because there's times when I get these text messages from my past and I'm just like why are we talking and then you get bored and you get tempted and you may reply and then you see the same cycle repeating itself and I was just like 
-hmm. No. And you, but yep. I'm so grateful that I can see these things because I'm just like, do you really want to go down this lane? It's not even, it doesn't even you generate. Can know. Yeah. It doesn't even generate a high anymore. I was just like, mm -hmm. it's not even worth your five seconds. You're that oxygen you just wasted mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. replying. And I was just like, all right, I guess we're growing. <laughs> and so, yeah. And see, and that's where growth comes in is like each time that you can step back and say, okay, you know, like I know where this is, but for a long time you can't, and you will catch yourself. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you can wake yourself back up from that situation or be like, okay, what am I doing? And instead of beating yourself up about it, because that's what we, you know better. Why did you do this? But if we can be like, okay, so why are we doing this? Like if we can just love and accept ourselves, like as opposed to being critical and being that, you know, those voices from our past, rather than just be like, okay, help me understand what's going on. What's going on? And then we can be more open with ourselves to be like, okay, well, maybe you're just lonely and, you know, you want somebody to be there to listen. And then it's like, okay, well, is he going to be able to, you know, really be there, you know, and then we can start to make other decisions like, okay, well, maybe I have a friend that's actually a lot more suited for this role than him. <laughs> so question for you, are you ready to date Mr. Perfect? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But whoo. But see, it's, it's, that's very scary. That's very scary. Yes. Cause hell, somebody trying to do shit for me. I get tore up. Yep. I get tore You're not up. ready, girl. Oh. You're not ready to receive. You gotta be ready to oh, receive. I mean, which, you know, I've been, working you know, on it. yeah, that's how I've been, you know, and I think that that's our lifelong journey. I'm very thankful that I get to hurt and go through this stress and this, you know, I am thankful for it because I could just be numb and I could be so disconnected from myself, from my kids, but open yourself up is, Ooh, it's overwhelming. And I get why we shut down, especially at a young age, whenever we don't have the tools to cope with anything. So now that I have the tools to cope with it, I do put myself, you know, like out there gradually a little bit more. And it's, it's a lot like I can, my stepdad, which my mom and dad that, I mean, my mom and stepdad are now divorced, but he like has been there for like me for 13 years. But because my dad wasn't there, I really resented him. I'd never noticed all the love until my mom and dad, or my mom and him was divorced. That's whenever I, sorry, I just burped. <laughs> but, <fine> girl. <laughs> but I just noticed, I just noticed like, you know, after I went and seen my dad and he destroyed me that time, um, I, went home and the next day I wrote my stepdad. I wrote so many people from my past and thanked them for the love because I realized that I had pushed away love my entire life. No wonder no one could be there in my corner to build me up because I'd pushed them all away because it wasn't the love that I so desperately wanted. And that was my dad's. And, but then at that time I realized that he couldn't give me what he didn't have. He didn't have the love to give me. So there was no reason for me to keep holding on to that. And now it's, like my neighbor, she's like, she does for me and, whew. but I mean, you know, she realizes cause she's very much like me. She's stuck in that, you know, um, she's older. Most people that, um, I see now is like, they're still living who I was two years ago and they're like 50 something years old. So I'm just so thankful that given my circumstances that I was able to now be able to provide a life that now I can actually live. Cause they're still stuck in that whole survival pattern. And like, it's, it's, I'm just really am thankful, but it doesn't mean to downgrade or to um, 
dismiss anybody's grief or anybody's pain. Like it doesn't come easy. And it like, I'm at the point that I am now because that I let myself feel that. Like I let myself truly like be with that pain. And it took a lot. And then to be there with my kids and like, cause that's a whole nother journey being with kids that are grieving their father. And now, Ooh, I mean, so, but I guess, you know, that's another why that I am to the point I am because I had four reflections staring back at me all the time. They was always telling me, you know, where I was flawed as a person, you know, cause I was putting that into them instead of trying to fix my kids, which they was on medication for like ADHD and all that. They're off of all that now because that I realized it wasn't about fixing them. I fix me. It all works out. I mean, but it's, that's the hard part because it's easier just to say, oh, well, the kids and their behavior, well, their behavior is coming from somewhere and it's, it's a journey. It is. It's, it's good. But I mean, it's, I'm happier now than I've ever been in my life, but I hurt now worse than I ever have in my life. And it's good, but it's good. You're in a good place. Definitely. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, just to see the, just to see, like, it's crazy to look back and realize that like where you are. And I think that that's through journaling and all this is where we can really start to see like, okay, I'm really growing here. So if I just continue to let myself feel this and continue to let myself grow, then something good's going to happen. I mean, and it's easy to get caught up with the bad things that happens. Like the, like somebody doesn't, isn't there for you or like the, something happens and it's easy to get set back. Like my friend, she would be like, no, I'll be doing good. And then something happens and everything. It's like, yeah, that's life guys. Like stuff happens. Like, but we want to be mad that something happened and disrupt our happiness. And it's like, no, that's just life. And if every time something bad happens, we let it destroy us. It, it'll of course be overwhelming. We'll continue to stay down. Mm-hmm. So how did, how did we get from losing our husband to the person you are today? And who are you today? What is this better version of yourself now? Ooh. <laughs> um, um, the, fi- the feelings, like, yeah. I just, I was someone that um, was putting on a brave front all the time, had to have it all put together, which, so I was not only... Um, not being there for me, I wasn't able to be there for anyone else. I wasn't be able to support anybody else for their pain because I would see their pain and it would worry me or, you know, I guess trigger that pain in me. And I'm like, oh, we're going to cover that up. So I would distance myself. So not only like was I running from my pain, I was running from everyone's pain. So now I'm someone that can see pain as something that we just need someone to be there with us through it because I know how hard it was going through grief alone. Um, I didn't have no support system. And I guess that's a strength that I, um, because if, I guess if you have something that would be like a crutch, you would feel like that, um, um, that that's what's getting you through the day. Like, you know, like that, that's what would get you through the day or whatever. But um, at the end of the day, I knew that it was me. I, it, I couldn't say, oh, well, this therapist um, or this medication or this eventually those actually, I mean, I was on medication following for um, antidepressant and 
some others just for um, anxiety and all this, but I gradually come off of that. No doctor told me that, oh, I needed to come off of that. I don't say that. I don't advise like, oh, just let's quit taking our medicine. Every stuff gets better. But I'm just saying that um, I was to the point that I realized that I was healed to the plateau that I could like, or I don't even know if that makes sense, but I was healed to the point that, um, okay, so I have to let myself go deeper. So we want to just jump in and just pull our hearts out and like, oh, everything gets better. But that's not, life doesn't really, you know, provide us that. But like, if we do just show up every day and like let our experiences and be present with them instead of running from them, then we can learn a lot. We just have to show up. And it's so now I'm someone that actually shows up and not only for, myself but for those that I love and that's what's the real joy because I'm not only teaching my kids to run from their stuff I'm teaching them to just be present to be there with the pain it's okay it sucks but we'll get through it and I know that I'm building that inner strength that they need because at first they would have to come to me and cry which which they should but you know eventually they will be able to wipe their own tears and I think that that's the job that most of us want to do as parents is to provide them that safe haven inside themselves we don't want to keep fixing their fixing their problems we want them to learn how to fix them themselves and I was given the opportunity to learn how to do that myself tell me about your book oh yeah I do have um addicted to love it's a um it's just like a healing journey for someone that um or journal for someone that has um, been stuck losing themselves. That's it, folks. Maybe this is how it starts for you, I, and anyone else in our journey. Hope you like this content. Please follow, download, and share. Hope you had a great one. See you next time.